Hi everybody, my name is Landon Arenas. Thanks for listening to episode 153 of the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in a lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ, Ricardo, a.k.a. B, Arenas, and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne. Father in heaven, we thank you for, once again, this time of fellowship you give us, Lord. What a blessing it is to see my brother uh, another week, Lord. Uh, you tremendously blessed us with our lives, with what we have, Lord, and let us never take it for granted, Lord, but always be grateful, Father, for your grace and mercy and mercy bestowed upon us, Lord. Thank you for our families, Lord. Thank you for the time you give us to continue doing uh, this podcast. We continue to pray that it blesses those that listen, Lord, and also, Father, that it encourages and challenges the believer, Lord, to uh, stand on the truth of your word, Father, and to uh, go straight to the word, Father, to see whether these things are so, Lord. And Father, live a life, Lord, that's going to be live according to you, Lord. Thank you for the time again you give us. Thank you for blessing our families, Lord. I pray that we what we cover today, Lord, uh, may it be a blessing to those that uh, listen, Father. And I pray that you take us wherever you want to take us, Lord. Um, we're doing this, Father, because first of all, we love your word. And secondly, Father, because we like to talk, Lord. And <laughs> we like to talk logically. We like to talk uh, in a way that honors you, Lord. And thank you for, again, blessing us today, Lord. I pray that we have a, a fine podcast, Father. Let us continue to be uh, fervent in doing so, Lord. Thank you for everything that you do. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen, brother. My brother from another mother living in a different state. How are you today? Uh, a different state of mind, or what are you what are you referring to? <laughs> well, you left California, so yeah, a different state in a different state of mind. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, you're probably. Right. Cal- by the way, uh-huh. uh huh. Speaking of California, I just I did this uh, today. Uh, you know how they're trying to get the 12 year olds where they can take the jab without parental authority. Yeah. Right. Well, I saw an article today in the Epoch Times that mm. the parents in California, you'd be one of them, is getting riled up out there about that. Yes, they are, bro. <laughs> and today there was a Democratic uh, senator that is pushing a bill now to include right. the COVID-19. So that's even a gonna, going to cause... A lot more parents uh, getting pretty angry. <laughs> well, explain to the audience, and I, I explained it to my bit shoot audience on the on a video tonight, uh-huh. my, my uh, night watch video tonight. Explain to the audience about the Hispanic family. Explain to the audience the Hispanic family. <laughs> the good side or the bad side? Which one do you want? <laughs> The fact that they're very, they're very tight families and they're very traditional. Oh yeah, you, well yes, very tight and very traditional. So, what you'll get, especially with these vaccines, 
when it comes to family, especially the little ones, ooh, uh, you better be extremely convincing or else they're, they're coming out swinging. I mean, they're not going to take this. Uh, from a traditional, uh, there's unfortunately, there's a side where, well, if they're doing it, then or our parents used to do it, then we're going to do it because their parents' parents did it. So we're going to go ahead and continue doing it. Although we don't know why we're doing it, we're just going to do it. Right. You mean like you mean like uh, Red Steps, Five Nine Brim, Logan? Uh, should I go down the list? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know the local gangs in San Diego, folks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly, bro. I know them well. <laughs> You've been around, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been around. <laughs> but yes, uh, that's kind of the Hispanic family in a nutshell. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, how do you think the Hispanic family as a whole will take to this twelve-year-old uh, uh, autonomy when it comes to the vaccine, jabby jabby? Oh man, you know what? I, I think it's going to be one of those where a tradition and uh, the family part of it is going to come into conflict. And not only that, because I, I you know. Well, a lot of them are are, are are basing decisions upon, you know, what they're dealing with. And if they are truly, hey, this vaccine, I mean, this uh, pandemic is for real. We got to get the vaccine. I'm OK with it. But there's the other parents that go, wait a minute. uh, uh-uh. If it's doing this to adults when they get vaccinated, why would we put our children at risk? And do you think uh, you think most Hispanic families in California are kind of awake to that? Uh, unfortunately, no. You don't think so? No. Okay. Uh, right. Traditionally, uh, some are, some are, but uh, a lot of a lot of the, uh, you know, the other families are pretty much hearsay. They'll hear something, but they're not really interested unless they, you know, somebody looks into them for, you know, somebody else looks into it for them. What do you, what you know? do you think, uh, how do you, what do you think will happen then when the ones that are not awake begin losing a few of their kids? And of course, that'll travel by word the word around the community, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. What do you think will happen then? And that'll be a wake up call. It'll be a wake up call for them, and it'll put pressure on them to start, you know, doing a little more research. Uh, you know, especially the ones that uh, are having a hard time with uh, the English language. You know, that uh, are not up to date with understanding, you know, world events or, you know, we just say uh, news in the United States, right, you know, right. um, do you, do you think it's going to be a rude awakening, bro. Do you think enough are awake to start stirring a little bit of trouble up? There's enough to where, you know, they can make some noise, just like there's enough in the black community to make noise. Right. But unfortunately, it's the same situation, you know, where, you know, if you're black and you go completely opposite of what, uh, uh, you know, the black folk uh, vote democratic and all that, you're kind of like, you know, they call you Uncle Tom. They kind of ostracize you to where you're like, you know what, you're not part of the movement here. So so it's going to be the same thing with Hispanics, if especially if there's a group of them that are, you know, going with what's going on. They're pro that. And you happen to stand up and go, no, wait a minute. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh, this is this is this is insanity. I can't do this. I'm not going to put my children through a vaccine that we still have not had results to whether it's safe or not. There's a lot more people dying from it. Uh, uh, you're going to be ostracized. You're going to be hated for it. You're going to be like, well, what's wrong with you? 
then you're not Hispanic. Then uh, why uh, why you go against the flow, man? So that's what you're going to have as far as conflict. Um, but there are those side of the family that, hey, we do our research, we read into these things, and we care, you know, about our children enough to say, no, uh-uh, we're going to fight this. And we have to go to the school district. I don't care if my, and if I don't speak a lick of English, I'm going to go and voice my, you know, voice my opinion and say no. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that about uh, Hispanics is that they will voice their opinion. Oh, know? absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the demograph- demographics of California, didn't Hispanics uh, become the majority in California recently? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yep. I, thought so. I mean, you know South Bay, bro. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's what 75 percent latino i believe oh yeah oh yeah yeah you know and then you got uh filipinos or asian the next bigger you know Mm -hmm. and uh, the family that bought my house is hispanic (laughs) there you have it and and you were you were in you were in east county all right in the neighbor across the street we we got to be good friends in a short period of time hispanic family yeah oh yeah you know so it's yeah. it's highly highly Hispanic population uh, yeah. uh, in Southern yeah. California. Absolutely. Well, just give you understand the makeup, folks. Uh, to the left of me, uh, next door was an Arab family. Across the street was a Hispanic family, and to the right of me, next door neighbor was a uh, black family, and we all got along great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I we met some we of our neighbors. They're great. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. Yep. Awesome. Awesome people. Yep. So, I mean, I, you know, people get all worked up over, over race. Yes. People are different. I mean, races have their own cultures, their own, mm-hmm. uh, there are differences. I mean, and, and they feel comfortable with their own food, their own music, their own, uh, cultures. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Right. Right. But that doesn't mean that you, you cannot live together and get along with each other. That's right. You know, I mean, that's that's for sure. I learned that big time in California. Mm. I mean, I, oh, yeah, I was <laughs> I was I was quickly in the minority. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You were in the minority, bro. I you was. Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It didn't bother me any. Even my wife is my wife was more of a majority than me. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, she had more privilege than you, bro. She had more privilege. Yeah. 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 <laughs> My wife is Filipina, so <laughs> that's great. So, yeah. So, anyway, not um, to talk about. I mean, there's so much going on now. I mm-hmm. it's just going to be impossible to keep up on it. So, we're going to have to really focus and uh, kind of make a theme of the pot of this episode uh, to cover a lot of things that are going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you know, I sent you a bit shoot video that I did concerning the global cabal. Yes. And uh, so uh, I was thinking we could do this if you want to, brother. Uh, okay. You could ask some questions. You know the questions that I was I was addressing in that video, mm-hmm. and I could kind of uh, respond to them. How, what do you think? Yeah. Or you know what? Take it away and 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 present the questions as well, okay. uh, uh, because I like the way you did it. Okay. Uh, so might as well. And then what I'll do, whatever questions I have on top of what you already addressed and answered, 
I'll start from that point. I'll start asking you those questions, kind of like a devil's advocate kind of thing. Sounds good. Sounds good. Right. Now, uh, some folks may not even know anything about a global cabal. They've never, probably never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. But what people are running around calling conspiracy theories today, folks, um, are anything but cons- uh, theories. <laughs> uh, oh, there's, yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of truth to what is coming out uh, on the alternative media. You know, those folks that have been kicked out of YouTube, kicked off of Twitter, kicked off of Facebook, kicked, kicked off of the mainstream uh, platforms and are not uh, tolerated in the, the corporate propaganda media, mainstream media outlets. Um they have a lot of information that they have done on research and can prove a lot of it. But with a with the current climate of intolerance toward anything that does not fit within the mm-hmm. global the globalist, I should say, uh, narrative, their their uh, allowance of what can be said and what cannot be said, which is right out of the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party uh, platform, that their method of doing things and conducting business, um, there is a lot of knowledge and a lot of wisdom outside of that realm. So like I've said uh, recently, uh, all you need is one crack in the dam Mm -hmm. and uh, the whole thing can come tumbling down. And if you can't go through them, you go, go around them. And so a lot of people are going around them by going to alternative platforms like BitChute, like Rumble, like Getter, like um, uh, Gab and others. Yeah. And uh, I'd, I'd be aware of TikTok, folks. TikTok is uh, it's it is bought and paid for by the Chinese Communist Party. And anything you put on TikTok, going straight back to Beijing and they are keeping tabs on it. Uh, they are keeping a social credit score uh, tally. And uh, you say, well, how in the world would they be able to do that when they're not, you know, I'm in America, they're in China. Well, guess what? They've infiltrated this country heavily and they do intend to take it down and take over. So um, just be aware of that. Now, is there a global cabal? And what is a cabal? Well, that's, that's the theory that well, the real theory, brother, is that there are 13 families that run the whole system. I looked up those 13 families, um, mm. and I read about each one of them. Okay. Uh, and, I, you know, just go on the BitChute and, and um, just type in, you know, 13 family global cabal, and you can – all this stuff will pop up, and you'll be able to read about it for yourself, folks. But um, <clears throat> this is part of the theories. And uh, anyway, it includes the Rothrocks, uh, the Rothschilds, I meant to say, Rothschilds and the DuPont family. And I mean, mm-hmm. you've got all kinds of them, you know, uh, some I've never even heard of before, but super rich and, and have a lot of a uh, lot of things going on. So basically, it's a small group of people that are pushing things from the top down. And the cabal is basically they're wanting to rule over the rest of us, enslave us, basically. They become the benevolent rulers of the world, basically. And they're doing it through the uh, the banking systems. They're doing it through really uh, the banking system is a big part of it. Klaus Schwab right. is a part of it. And uh, 
he's a, he's the uh, head of the World Economic Forum, and he, um, you know, he's involved in the World Bank. He's involved in then you know, then the Federal Reserve is a private bank that is connected with the World Bank, and so the Federal Reserve is lock, stock, and barrel right in smack in the middle of the globalist or the, these families or global powers um, in their plans to uh, push these agendas that we're going to be talking about. Uh, for example, Agenda, agenda 2030 out of the UN uh, agendas. And uh, that's one that we've mentioned before on this podcast where they want to basically kill the middle class why? Because it's hard to bring in communism if you have a middle class. They're using critical race theory as a part of critical theory out of the Frankfurt School as an Achilles heel to take down the country. Critical race theory uh, pretty much destroys everything that it touches, including the people that are involved in it and believe in it. It'll destroy them eventually, too, um, because it's just a very, very destructive ideology. It's a means by which the Marxists could bring in their Marx, Marxist um, government and ideology into the country. Now, you say, well, that sounds crazy. A cabal? I mean, you know, it's these families at the top that run everything and all of this kind of stuff. I mean, really, can you, do you believe that's even possible? Can, can that even exist? Well, folks, if you know your Bible history, it's existed since the time that Cain killed Abel. As a matter of fact, it's existed from the time that Satan deceived Eve. Satan was the very first cabal leader. I believe also he was the first, um, uh, I can't think of the, Gnostic. He was the first Gnostic. You know, secret knowledge and all that. Satan is the first one to introduce that to Eve. You can be his gods, knowing good and evil. That's Gnosticism right out of the barn. And and it's also uh, secret society stuff. Well, you know, God said this, but you know, I got a little secret, and I'll let you in into the secret and you can be in the little secret secret club there eve and i'll let you in on the club just you know listen to what i have to say right, right. i mean this is this is the original secret society well they fell into sin and the god what does he do he kicks them out of the garden that's mm-hmm. to eat of the you know tree of a tree of life and live forever with in sin which god didn't want sacrifices an animal right there in front of them. And, you know, the first time they see the bloodshed of the animal, it had to shock the, the, the gajibis out of uh, Adam and Eve to watch uh, the first uh, living thing die right in front of them. But God was sending a message that sin is that bad. Mm. He was sending a very strong message to them. This is what has resulted from your um, decision to rebel against me. Now, uh, and it's infected the human race. The Apostle Paul states that clearly in Romans, that uh, sin is passed down through the generations all the way up to us today. Now, so we're all, you know, as Romans says, that all of sin to come short of the glory of God. Well, that's through Adam, Okay. And Eve. Now, here's the thing. They had Cain and Abel. 
what happens? Cain, out of envy and jealousy over Abel, kills him because, you know, God, uh, he was uh, happy with Abel's sacrifice, but not happy with Cain's sacrifice. Abel's sacrifice was in line with how God did his sacrifice in the garden. And they both knew how God sacrificed the animal. I mean, they were told this by their parents. Cain didn't raise sheep. He was a tiller of the ground. So he brought what he had tilled from the ground and gave it to the Lord. This is a symbol of, uh, I can find my own path to God. I don't need your means to get to you, God. That's a, something that's very popular today, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, God did not, he rejected it. So Cain, in his sin, in his envy, in his jails, he killed Abel. <clears throat> The next son that comes along, by the way, they're having uh, daughters. I mean, the daughters are not mentioned, but the Bible says they had many sons and daughters, Adam and Eve did. And they lived a very, very long time. So that answers where Cain got his wife. So we won't even go down that road. So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) so um, Seth comes along and the Bible says that when Seth came along, then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Well, you begin to see the split between the godly and the ungodly right there in the very beginning. You get a little bit further down in Genesis, and you get to Genesis chapter 10, and it mentions a guy named Nimrod. And Nimrod was the first um, world-conquering, not the entire globe, but the world, his world, the world that uh, existed as far as human population at that time. He was the first world conquering um, a dictator, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Bible says that he's the one that uh, when they settled into Babel, the whole world was one. Why? Well, they were starting to spread out and, and populate the world. Then Nimrod started running around and conquering everybody. Says he was a great hunter before the Lord. Don't, folks. Uh, what that means in Bible language is <laughs> he was he was hunting men. He was hunting people. He was take. He was at at war with people, and he was conquering them, and he was bringing them into his kingdom. And so they settle in Babel, and the Bible says the whole world was with one language and one speech. Well, when you look at what it says there, when you look at the original language, basically language means a natural lip or or a boundary. It's it's words that form within a boundary, right? That's typically what a language is. But it also means to regulate speech. Guess who the first regulator of speech was? Nimrod. Mm, Okay. Guess who the first conquering cabal was nimrod so cabals have been around in the in the 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 world setting or the highest people in the world since since nimrod's been around so yeah cabals have been around a very 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 long time five thousand years and so in a speech the word speech means this it means to act get get to give advice or to have the same philosophy or thought. And it's it's a word, um, it's B-A-B-R, if you spell it in English, that's the, that's the uh, Hebrew word, uh, babar. And it's, um, that's what it means. 
So not only was it able, you know, the ability to speak a language out of your mouth, it was a, it was the ability to influence pe people with ideology, with philosophy, with thought, and not only to influence them, but to also regulate it. If if there, he was regulating speech. And he was put, producing ideology through that regulation of speech. What he was doing is he was setting up an ideology and a religion that was required of his people. And that's what the Tower of Babel was all about. Now, he says, let us make a, it says this, and I'll, I'll read it from, from the scriptures. And they said one to another, go to, let us make brick burn them thoroughly, uh, let us make, remember that phrase, folks, let us make brick, and uh, burn them thoroughly, and they had brick for stone, slime had they for mortar, and they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. Now, that doesn't mean that they built it really, really tall so it could reach, you know, the reach the outer atmosphere. This is a statement of the worship and the study of stars and the moon and the sun of the heavens. It's an ancient form of astrology that was an ancient religion. That they, Paul said in Romans 1 that they worship the creation rather than the creator. Well, right here it is. So it says, let us, let us build. Once again, let us, let us, let us, all the way through this. Right. And a tower. Well, the, the word tower, a city and a tower. The city was Babel. And uh, the tower was a, a tower called the Tower of Babel that in Christianity. But in, in the archa um, what, what uh, archaeology, where they uh, actually, you know, dig this stuff up and they study this scientifically, they call it a ziggurat. And uh, I have a book on the Babylonians written by someone who understands history and archaeology. And the book stated that uh, what, the what the Bible called the Tower of Babel, uh, and it's, the book says, yes, it did exist. Uh, and this is a history archaeology book, okay? Uh, it's, it was called a ziggurat. And what these ziggurats were, they were uh, kind of like the they were, they were shaped kind of like the pyramids of South America. We had the steps going up the side, and you had the different levels when you're walking up. At the top of the ziggurat was a temple called the White Temple because of the white plaster that was on it. Inside that temple was uh, Diana, basically it was it was the goddess of fertility, and uh, at that. On the top of that ziggurat, they would observe the stars at night, and they would use astrology to try and predict things. But mm -hmm. this form of astrology that they had back then was different. What they would do in astrology was, you know, something would happen. A king would die or something significant would happen in society that affected everyone. And they would go up that night and up on top of the the ziggurat or the Tower of Babel, and they would um, look at the stars and look at the position of certain stars that they'd mapped out. And it's okay when the stars are in this position again, 
we know that something is going to happen. That was their form of astrology. Well, they kept saying, let us make us a name, let us a name. So they built the tower. And uh, then in verse 4, they said this. Let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name. So that was the third let us. Let us make us a name. Let us be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Well, what was God's commandment to Noah and his sons? Scatter abroad across the face of the earth and, and populate the earth, right? Repopulate the earth. That was So this was an act in defiance of God's command. And let us make us a name. Humanity is built on that. Secular humanity is built on that. Making a name of our, for ourselves. The Tower of Babel, in, in essence, in that sense, was the original Trump Tower. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> Think about that. Wow. I, and, and, I, I'm, and this is not an attack on Trump at all. Not at all. I voted mm-hmm. for him. I voted for him in the last election. Uh, now, what this is saying is this is the act of a, a form of self-worship. The act of, I want my name in lights. I want my name on everything. I want everybody to know my name. I want to be famous. I want to be known. I, I want history to record something great about me. Well, what did Christ say to his disciples? He who shall be first shall be last, and he shall be last shall be first. Mm-hmm. He says, you want to serve in the kingdom of heaven? You're going to have to become the greatest servant. Stop trying to get the most prominent place in the kingdom. Remember when the apostles were arguing about that? Who's going to sit on the right hand of oh, yeah. Christ? And who's Christ the greatest? Was, who's the greatest, Lord? Who's, who's the, the greatest? greatest? Yeah. And God rebuked, and Christ rebuked them. Absolutely. You want to be the greatest? Become the greatest servant. So let us make us a name is the total opposite of that. That's let's build ourselves up. In essence, it's a, rep- a repeating of what S- Satan told Eve in the garden or the serpent the liar, the deceiver, mm. that's what that means, told Eve in the garden, uh, you can be as God, knowing good and evil. Well, what did Nimrod say? Let us make us a name mm-hmm. so that we can become like gods. This is really what's going on. And now, different from the Sunday school version of Tower of Babel that you probably heard in Sunday school when you were a kid, this is the real truth about the Tower of Babel. This is why God did what he did. He confused them with language and and said, okay, enough of this childish nonsense, you little kids down there. Uh, Stop acting like little children. Grow up and repopulate my earth like I told you to do in the first place. And he confused their languages and sent them off in different directions. Now, when they went off in different directions, do you think they just forgot everything that they learned from Nimrod in that tower? (laughs) <laughs> nope nope they, they kept it going just in different directions so <laughs> so the earth continued to become more and more and more and more wicked mm-hmm. as time went along now the that's why god called abraham he said i need a people unto myself that will not follow the wickedness of these Gentile nations. 
And that's why Israel was called. So that's the original cabal. So given that kind of evil, that kind of nonsense that men have, it's all impressed with ourselves, with the sin of pride and all of that, is it any surprise or any wonder to us that a cabal would exist today with a let us make us a name mentality? Cabals have existed all through history. Right. Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome. I mean, and then all kinds of little ones popping up here and there throughout church history. This one's a big one. Um, and it and the reason we're having this stuff going on is because of people who are pushing the agenda. And when you go look at the agenda 2030 on the UN site, you learn a lot about that. You learn a lot about it when you look up uh, a pro project paperclip, right? Uh, where they brought mm -hmm. the Nazis over uh, after World War II to help us with rocket programs and defense programs and things like that. And they infiltrated our society, went into the colleges and universities as professors and began to indoctrinate us. And uh, some people took to the indoctrination, some people didn't. But over about a 40 or 50 year period, they have worked this plan to weaken this country and take it down. Now, do you think God would allow it if he didn't want that to happen? Of course not. But what, what, would, ha what would happen when the church is starting to turn its back on the Lord? You know, like the Pharisees claiming to be the religious leaders of Israel and Christ continually rebuke them um, as churches today adopt critical race theory and as they uh, adopt um, all kinds of weird, um, you know, uh, was it sexual identity type of language and ideology? Is it any wonder God is bringing judgment down upon the church? I'm going to shock you folks. Right now, today, as we sit, Russia is more Christian than the United States. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What did you just say? Russia is more Christian than, you, than the United States right now. But, brother, we this our, our, our constitution was written, you know, with uh, Christian principles. Doesn't that make us all Christian? No. <laughs> Next question. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. No. Uh, and that shocks people when you tell them that because they, they're still stuck in the Cold War era, the, this, the, whole, the whole Soviet Union thing. Yes, Folks, yes. when the Soviet Union broke up, Christianity came roaring back into Russia in a very big way. And the people in Russia now are more Christian-minded, more biblical-minded, more moral-minded than the people of the United States. And so what's going on with Ukraine and all that? You're trying to make Russia the bad guy. You know, all during the Trump, Trump years, oh, Russia, 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 Russia's the bad guy. The guy Trump's in with Russia. <laughs> well, right. Okay, what's the big deal here, right? 
Okay, so he's having diplomatic uh, conversation with Russia. So what? There's, there was never any Russia collusion, never any Russia connection to his election. We know that now. They lied to us all the time. They're lying to us about Russia now. Who is the day? George Soros, mm. Kyle Schwab, uh, these uh, Rothschild, DuPont, uh, there's a bunch of other ones, uh, um, Rockefellers. They're all in on it. The World Bank is in on it. Uh, the Federal Reserve, U.S. Federal Reserve, a private corporation is in on it. <clears throat> they have been attacking this country for many years, many years. The CCP is in on it, the Chinese Communist Party, which, by the way, folks, if you don't know, there's Chinese troops in Honduras right now, 90 miles by sea south of our border. Now, think about this, folks. It's NATO that's pushing this thing against Russia, right? Well, if that's the case, now, Ukraine borders Russia. Let me ask you a question. If Russia and China drop troops and supplies and weapons off uh, in Tijuana, okay, right, which is south of San Diego, across the border of Mexico, or any of those border towns in Mexico to Texas or Arizona or New Mexico, and uh, they just started dropping troops in, what do you think we'd be doing? We would be screaming bloody murder, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah. We'd be loading up. We'd be buying ammo. We'd be getting ready for war. Well, if we're talking about, we're already shipping uh, weapons to Ukraine. And they're talking about shipping troops to Ukraine. What do you think Russia is going to be doing? Screaming bloody murder. What do you think they're going to be doing? Putting troops on the border between Russia and Ukraine. Why? Because they're under threat. NATO is the one that's pushing for a war. Now, why are they pushing for a war? Here comes the cabal again. They're pushing for a war because COVID-19, the Great Reset, didn't work. And I kept saying it wasn't going to work. I read Klaus Schwab's book. And I know his game plan didn't work. The next thing he's going to try is is uh, global warming. That's the next thing he's going to come up. They're going to try shutdowns and all this stuff through global warming. I read his book. This is the plan. But here's the thing. There is a global cabal. I do believe there is one. And I don't think it's just conspiracy theory because I understand biblical history. It's been going on since... Nimrod built the tower. Now, does will the global cabal be able to completely 100% capture the entire world and shut it down to where the entire world is under darkness, evil, and there's no light left in the world? No. No, because the Holy Spirit is in the believers who are in the world. And as long as the Holy Spirit is in the believers who are in the world, there will never, ever be a total shutdown of the world, uh, totally um, covered with evil. 
Question number three. If we destroy the world cabal and we get rid of it, will that get rid of evil? No. Because with every child that's born into this world, evil is born in with that child through the sin of Adam. Number four. What then is our future? Is it, uh, you know, the uh, Tim LaHaye, Jerry Jenkins, left behind um, concept of the book of Revelation? I mean, are we facing a future Antichrist? Are we facing a future tribulation? Are we, I mean, is this inevitable? And we just throw our hands up and say, well, this is inevitable. We just wait for it. No, uh, not do anything about it, right, brother? Just like, right. okay, I mean, come on, these things are going to happen anyways. <laughs> right. The answer is no. Daniel's prophecy, remember Daniel's prophecy with the, the statute that represented the, the, the four empires? Rome, uh, going backwards, Rome, Greece, Persia, and then Babylon is, Babylon. The, mm -hmm. is, the, is the original one, um, which, by the way, Connects back to Nimrod, who, by the way, became the sun god, Baal, and Moloch. Guess who Moloch is? It's Nimrod. <laughs> <laughs> I doubted two Babylons by Alexander Hislop. Anyway, um, so <sighs> I just lost track, brother. Help me out. Talking about Nimrod. Yeah, Moloch. Nimrod was, a, he's the sun god. I, I, I sidetracked myself there. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Uh, so the, the cabal, is, we're talking about cabal that has happened throughout history, church history, right? Nothing right. new for us, right? But I was just talking about up to date. Oh, yeah, book of Revelation, that's book right. of Revelation, correct? Yeah, so uh, Daniel's prophecy. So, in Daniel's prophecy, there's a, a rock that comes out of the uh, out of a mountain, strikes the, the four empires, the image of four empires, and destroys it, and then grows into a great mountain that covers the earth. Remember that part. That's out of Daniel's prophecy. Well, who's the rock that covers the earth? It's the new covenant church. That's right. It's the church that's in Christ. It's the bride of Christ. The church is not a, a temporary time period between two dispensations. The church is the kingdom of God. It is the kingdom of God. And it will, the kingdom of God will increase over time and get stronger and stronger and stronger, right out of Daniel's prophecy. So what happens with these global cabals and their darkness and all of that? The church, over time, a long period of time, rises up and completely overthrows them. And there's going to come a day when the vast majority of people in the world are going to be praising and worshiping. Christ, and it will be genuine, it will be real, it won't be fake. There's a lot of fake mm. today. So now I'm going to throw it over to you for your questions, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see here. I was typing some down as you were uh, going through your spiel there. But some of these questions, here, let me bring them up. <clears throat> <clears throat> Let me ask you first of all the, the clearing of the throat. The clearing of the throat, you know, because I want to sound sophisticated and like you're going to drop a real interesting question here. <laughs> now, 
<laughs> Usually that means I'm having trouble with my throat, but go ahead. <laughs> Is this cabal that we are, you know, looking to face now? Is it a source of evil? Yes. And why is that? Why do you see it as a source of evil? Uh, well, let me back up. Let me back up. All right. Back up. Expl explain what you mean by source. If you're asking. Well, actually, I should reward it. Is it the source of evil? Not is it, the, you know. The, oh, no. The source of evil is uh, the original rebellion of man against God out of the garden. Ah, would that be the fall of Adam and yes. Eve getting kicked out of the garden? Right. I like that. I like that. That's now, the reason why I ask that question uh, is because a lot of people tend to believe there's the forces of good versus the forces of evil. Right. Right. Uh, they don't think to understand that scripture teaches that we, before we are regenerated, we were fallen men. We were under condemnation because of the sin of Adam. Right. Uh, so right. that's and what that's I was called, bringing that. That's called dualism. Dualism, correct. Right, right. Correct. It's the idea that there's an equal um, battle between good and evil. You know, good and evil have equal um power and force against each other kind of the yin and yang concept right right the star wars uh, you know the force versus star the, wars uh, the rebels war. right the rebellion right. against the force right and that the, that they are in this this battle with each other and one is not able to gain uh ultimate victory over the other right um mm -hmm. that is completely and utterly false that is a that is a false uh, concept uh, that came out of uh, some of the early cults of Christianity. Now, what is the best approach, you know, when talking to people that have that dualism mentality, especially when you're trying to teach or see it from a biblical standpoint? Do you start, do you continue on that? Well, okay, there's evil in the world. There's some good in the world. Or do you go to the gospel first? Are, are you talking about folks that are unbelievers or believers? Folks that are unbelievers, correct, that have that mentality. Well, you know what? Even believers, because there are, there are believers that do not understand, you know, uh, uh, that we are dead in trespasses. They, they I, believe we are genuinely good. You know, there's good in us. I would approach each one differently. Okay. Yeah, the unbelievers, I would just go straight into um, trying to explain to them by you know maybe the way um uh, what's his name does it where he asks the 10 10 commandment questions uh ray comfort right ray, ray comfort yeah mm -hmm. um where he, the, the first thing is to establish uh the concept of sin the fact that they're sinners now with an unbeliever unless they're burdened down mm -hmm. with heavy conviction from the holy spirit over their sin um uh, they're not even able to reach square one right so right. trying to argue with them concerning dualism or anything else, evolution or whatever, CRT, doesn't matter. Um, it's kind of useless at that point because they're of a reprobate mind, Romans 1 says. Right. And you can't argue with a reprobate mind. There has to be a, a transformation. There has to be. So God has to transform them, bring them into being a new creature in Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. Redemption is the only answer. So I wouldn't even argue that with them. I would uh, just preach the gospel to them. Look, we're all sinners. You know, I and, and mm -hmm. not in an argument where you get into an argument with them. Right. You declare it. 
you say, look, I, I understand you don't agree with this, but the fact is God revealed himself clearly through the scriptures, and the scriptures tell us that we're all sinners. We're all, you know, all the sin comes from the glory of God. You know, have you, mm-hmm. have you ever lusted after a woman to, have you ever looked at a woman to lust after? Right. Yeah. Okay, what do you call that? You know, have you ever told a lie? What do you call that? Well, it's a liar. Okay. Is is that good or bad? You know, right. if, if you steal some something from someone, is that good or bad? You know, you start with the fundamentals with them and you and you work them through it. Uh, you know, and use the word of God. Quote scripture. Mm-hmm. Quote Amen. scripture. Because Bible says that uh, the word of God would never to return void, and it's through the word of God, Romans chapter 10, that people come to know Christ. Yeah. Right. So that's that's where we are. Now, on the believer side, I think the first question I would ask them is, is God sovereign? Mm, very good question. Of course, they're going to say yes, unless they're a cultic, you know, part of a cult. Right. Right. Unless, unless they're a false teacher. <clears throat> false Christians, right. Most people claim to be Christians would say yes. Then the next question is. Is God sovereign over evil? That's a heavy one. That is, and it required then that requires a whole bunch of things you got to go through from there, right? Yep, absolutely. But that's that's um, the heavy hitters through uh, church history when it comes to theology. Augustine, mm-hmm. Calvin, those guys they they really. Um, laid the groundwork on that heavy. I mean, they, well, they pretty much just settled the question. Right. No, but um, the answer is yes. God is sovereign over evil. And uh, if God is sovereign over evil, then dualism is false. Mm, That is a great uh, answer there. And uh, um, I'm just saying hi to my wife. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so I thought you were trying to shoot a fly or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, no, that's a great answer, brother. <clears throat> and um, yes, it completely denies dualism. And yes, uh, there's many that have, an, uh, not in, well, yeah, I could say an issue with the fact that uh, God is sovereign over evil. Now, sometimes they misunderstand it. They they well, take yeah. it to a point where they think God could you know is authoring evil. No, he's not. <laughs> he does not author evil. Yeah, that's 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 modern thinking that people get right. confused with that. Um, no, God is not evil. He doesn't perform evil. Uh, he can't even look upon evil. That okay? is correct. So let's establish that. that but when men or principalities, powers, or spiritual creatures like like uh, fallen angels or Satan, when they perform evil, can God take the evil that others perform and use it to his advantage? Yes. Mm-hmm. Romans 8, 28, all things work to good, toward, all, all things work for good to those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. Well, does all things re- include evil? Absolutely. Yes. So God can take the evil that evil men perform and use it to perform his will. What did Joseph say to his brothers after Mm -hmm. they had sold him into Egypt and done all kinds of evil against him? 
And then now they were bowed before him because he was the second highest ruler in Egypt. And they were scared after their, <laughs> after their dad died. Right. After, after yeah. Jacob, after Jacob passed away, they thought, Oh no, now Jacob's dead. Now Joseph is going to just wipe us all out because you know, he's just <laughs> an opportunity. Right. Yeah. What did Joseph say? He says, fear not. He says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. What an amazing respond response. You know, I mean, that that's, I mean, he did exactly what, uh, you know, the Bible teaches about forgiveness, you know, and, right. and, and, and love. Uh, but what a respond. Just, just mm-hmm. don't even, why, why are you guys, you know, why are you guys scared? You know, don't even worry. Don't even, right. you know, what you meant for bad, guess what? God used it for God his used, glory. God look, used it for his glory. He used it for good. Right. Yep. And uh, so everything that's happening today, men uh-huh. mean it for evil, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. But God means it for good. Mm. Amen. Good stuff. Uh, now, you were mentioning uh, judgment on the church. Now, let's say this cabal is taking place. Uh, is this a uh, judgment that God is putting the church through uh, for the sake of the truth, uh, the truth of the word of God, obviously? Or is he refining the church where he's separating the sheep from the goats, let's say, you know, the believer from the unbeliever. I, I think there's that. I think that is definitely going on. And I think he's using CRT to do that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and you mentioned that. And I mean, we have had quite a few different uh, uh, things like that. that came off CRT. There's wokeness, uh, you know, a couple of years back, the statement on the, um, uh, on, um, what was that statement, brother? I completely blank. The, 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 uh, not the Barrington Declaration. Not Which the Barrington, but the the, the, oh, the one that, the that one was signed that, in Texas. Yeah, by all yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, heavy yeah. hitters, right? I even signed it, and I can't remember what it is. Yeah, I signed it too. Yeah, the, was it on, on sexuality the, or the statement on on man and woman, something like that? Well, it had to do with the on the you know standing on the truth of God made male and female. Right, uh, but right. things of that nature that had creeped in the church, and obviously, a lot of these teachings. I mean, different verbiage, different way of you know uh, naming it. But as we have read throughout church history, a lot of these uh, uh, heretical teachings have been creeping in the church for a long time. Yeah, and there's ancient heresies that are creeping into the church now. I, I hear, I see people on video now. Uh-huh. Everybody's on video anymore, um, claiming to be Christian, saying uh, unChristian things. I've I've heard two in the last uh, couple of months mm-hmm. uh, state that they didn't believe in Trinity. Oh yeah, there's been a lot of those coming out of the woodworks. Just yeah. saying the one that's the one is Pentecostal types or the one that's uh or the Unitarian type, but uh, they don't when they're talking normally they don't seem one is Pentecostal or Trinitarian. Right. All right. So Modal, modalism, right? Modalism, yeah. And uh, and that's the ancient heresy. Right. Right. And the church settled this long time ago, but they always rail against Catholics, you know, they always say uh uh not not that I'm agree with the Catholic concept of justification, folks. Uh, I'm a Protestant. <laughs> but the, but, the, but the, the point is, is they'll, they'll say, um, uh, well, you know, the Trinity, that's a Catholic doctrine. That came out of the Catholic Church, and so it can't be true. And the, well, I was shown in the Bible where it wasn't. 
true, right? Mm. Really. So when uh, Thomas looked at Jesus Christ after his resurrection and said, my Lord and my God, what was that? Mm. You know, in the Bible, when it talks about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it says that the Father rose him from the dead. It says that the Son rose himself from the dead. And it says that the Holy Spirit rose him from the dead. What was that? And, and when, at his baptism, he was being baptized. The Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. And the Father spoke from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son. Hear ye him. And whom I am well pleased. Believe ye, believe ye him. Right? Mm -hmm. Well, what was that? And if you think Jesus was just a man that the Spirit of God came upon at his baptism and then left him at his uh, at, on, when he was on the cross, which is a belief that's out there also, that's why right. in the world does it say in Revelation chapter 1, representing or presenting the resurrected Jesus, that he is almighty God? What is that? Why in John 1? Chapter 1, verse 1 through chapter through verse 14, does it say, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Mm -hmm. And in verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh, and we beheld him as the as a, uh, the glory of the Father. Mm -hmm. Well, the word was Jesus Christ incarnated. Jesus Christ is the word incarnated, I should say. I've got it backwards. Jesus Christ is the word incarnated. That means that the Word and Jesus Christ are separate from the Father, but still is Almighty God. Mm, okay. But people have a hard time understanding the Trinity. They get all confused. They think, mm. oh, well, it's, I, it's what says, the Bible says it's one God, so it can only be one. So you can't have three persons of one God. Right? And mm. then they say, oh, yep. no, well, it's three gods. You know, the Father's a God, <laughs> Father's right, God, right. Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit's God, it's three gods. They're so confused. No, one God, three persons of that one God. Right. That's the Trinity. But they get all confused and messed up on it. And these are, these are people who obviously don't have very much, when it comes to a theological background, when it comes to understanding and studying Scripture. I also hear Gnosticism creeping in. So, look, there's, there's a problem with the cabal. But there's also some problems with people who are trying to fight the cabal. <laughs> yep. You know, yep. I mean, there's problems on both sides. Guy's got this whole thing sorted out. He, he yeah. will work through it. You beat me to it, but that was going to be one of, one of my other questions. What about those yeah. that are fighting against this cabal? You well, know, they got the approach. Sometimes they're so like uh, rebel-like right. <laughs> that they're think, they, they think they're doing God a favor. So here's but, the thing. Uh, mm. Here's the thing I have to be careful of. In the process of overthrowing the cabal, you become the you become the cabal. <laughs> right. You don't want to become the cabal in the process of overthrowing the cabal. Mm. You know, if 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 you overthrow the ball, if you use violence and warfare and deception and trickery to overthrow the cabal, guess what you are when the other cabal falls. You're the cabal. Mm. <laughs> That's the problem. What did Jesus? What did Jesus say? He said, "He said, love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you." Right. That's right. 
you know, to treat others as you'd have them treat you, treat you right? Uh-huh. I mean, he's, he's, that's the formula. When you look at his teaching on the kingdom of God, which is really a teaching for the New Covenant Church on how they're supposed to, how the New Covenant Church is supposed to conduct itself. It's the total opposite of what some folks are saying out there. Oh, we need to take up arms against these people. No, you don't. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong answer. In, in the seven churches in Revelation chapter one, uh, excuse me, Revelation two and three specifically, that the number seven is the number of perfection in scripture. It's the number of completion, a number of sanctification. Mm. The, the, those seven churches, there were more than seven churches in Asia Minor at that point in time, but God chose those seven to represent all of the churches throughout you know, church history, right? That's right. And he, he addressed every issue that any church throughout church history would ever have in those seven churches. Mm. And guess what he was saying to those seven churches at the beginning of that book? This is where you're messing up. This is what you're doing right. This is where you need to repent. This is where you need to improve. This is how you become sanctified, a sanctified, complete, perfect church. So guess what he presents at the end of the book of Revelation, ladies and gentlemen? A completed, sanctified, perfect church. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) Isn't that something? That is amazing. Most people don't understand the book of Revelation. No, uh, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a tough one nowadays. <laughs> uh, it's tough because we make it tough. It's it's yeah. really, you just have to understand how it relates to the parables. You have to understand how it relates to the old covenant books. And you have to understand how it relates to all of the discourse. And when you get that down, you got the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. You understand it. Yep. There's a... The her- a hermeneutical approach to it that we need to adhere by. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Culture, timing statements, applicable language, audience relevance, and typologies, metaphors, and on and on and on and on. Right, brother? <laughs> uh, you're right. Right on, brother. Right on. So, yep. Good stuff, bro. Well, that's all the questions I have in regards to the cabal. Now, in your personal opinion, what are we looking at moving forward, you know, after, you know, you, you, what you have shared with us, how should we prepare? How should we approach if there's more evidence that this is taking place and, you know, it's something worse is going to be happening. Well, be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. Mm. So let's hit the wise as a serpent part. Uh, always plan for the worst case scenario. You know, I and mean, does, does that mean I, I have to dig a bunker under my house, stack up on a lot of food and, uh, you know, well, if you want to, but you're going to have to explain to the water department and the, uh, the power company and everybody else why you dug through their pipes and their and their power lines and everything else <laughs> trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. I did, I did say wise as a serpent, right? <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. You did. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. So, yeah, Emphasis on the wise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Number one, 
trust God, fear not. Mm. Amen. Right? Trust God, fear not. That's number one. Number two, heed the book of Proverbs and do what you have to do to prepare. Mm. What 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 did okay, so Pharaoh had a dream, right? That's right. Once upon a time, ladies and gentlemen, there was a man, there was a person called Pharaoh. He was the king of Egypt. And they did not live happily ever after. That's not this story. <laughs> this story is that he had a dream. And the dream was he had he had a, a bunch of fat cows, and then he had a bunch of thin cows. And so he didn't know what the dream meant. And there was actually two different dreams. Uh, but none of his wise men could tell him what the dream meant. But the butler, who he threw in prison for a little while because he was really mad at him, but he brought him out again, and he served him for like five, five years, I think he served, before he remembered that Daniel was back there still in, in jail. He said, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I know this guy that was in jail. I was in jail with. He's, he's a second-hand guy to the jailer, very trustworthy, and he told me my dream. He could probably tell you your dream, Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, bring him in. So Daniel comes in, and he says, you know what, Pharaoh, I got your dream for you. He says the seven fat cows are seven years of plenty in Egypt. Mm. And the seven skinny cows are seven years of, of um, you know, of uh, famine throughout the land. Yeah. But you know what, Pharaoh? Don't worry about it. We got this. Just trust God. God will take care of it. Don't worry. It's all good. Mm. No, that's not what Joseph said. Pharaoh said. Joseph, you're my guy. You had you interpreted a dream. You're obviously good in, in good with God. You know how to fix this problem. I'm gonna make you the second highest rule in the land, and you fix it. So what did Joseph do? I don't need to do anything. All I gotta do is trust God. God'll fix it for me, right? <laughs> nope. <laughs> he was wise yeah. as a serpent. He was wise as a serpent. So what do he do? He starts stowing, storing grain and uh, food away for the seven lean years of famine. Mm-hmm. During the seven fat years, they had an overabundance. So he starts stowing it away in all these storehouses. Then the famine hits. And guess what he starts doing? Tell me this isn't a, tell me he didn't have a business mind. Mm-hmm. He doesn't open up the grain, uh, you know, the grain doors and say, oh, come on, folks. I know it's I know you're having a hard time. Come on. We got free food for you. No. He sold it back to them. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, pretty wise right there. (laughs) Trump would have liked Joseph. It was Joseph. Did I say Daniel? It was Joseph that did that. Yeah. Yeah. You, Joseph, yeah. The whole thing was Joseph. Joseph. Anyway. That's right. Yeah. I don't want to get Joseph and Daniel. Actually, you know what, brother? He would have won The Apprentice. He would have. <laughs> Trump would have loved him. Trump would, Trump would have loved Joseph. But Joseph sold it back. And guess who's making the money on it? Pharaoh. <laughs> Pharaoh, Pharaoh. So the people came with their money and their goods and everything, and they bought the grain, and he took care of them. For the, so then Israel got hit, Jacob and and the, and the boys, 
got hit with the, the famine. So guess what God did? He used Joseph to bring them into Egypt, mm-hmm. took care of them during those seven years, and they grew into a, a big nation under that uh, incubator of mm-hmm. Egypt. Right. And then it goes into another story. A guy named Moses comes along. That Moses guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is a serpent harmless as a dove? In other words, be wise and prepare. Trust God, but prepare. Do your part too. Mm-hmm. Stole a little bit of food away. Make sure you have what you need. Um, make sure you have. Don't don't live a debt life where you're constantly in debt. Get out of debt. And store money away for a rainy day. It's a very simple concept. This guy named Dave Ramsey on the radio, he's really good at that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good stuff, my brother. Mm -hmm. Appreciate your thoughts and uh, appreciate uh, all this good stuff that you brought to us today. Um. Before we move on to any of our next segments, do you have anything else to add or uh, in closing for that part of our uh, podcast? Well, let me just run through a couple of headlines. Okay. I get people up to date um, and pull them up. So, yeah, the Pentagon was talking about 8,500 U.S. troops going over to Ukraine. That's a really bad idea. Uh, Dr. Zelenko, you know who Dr. Zelenko is, right? Mm Mm-hmm. He had something to say about the uh, boosters, the COVID boosters, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Here's what he had to say. Regarding the vaccine boosters, let me tell you, it's the biggest joke in the history of medicine. These vaccines, whether it's the first round or the 32nd shot that you're going to get, cause AIDS, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. He says they cause AIDS. Uh, before you think I'm nuts, I didn't say it causes HIV. HIV is a virus that causes AIDS, but there are other things that can damage the immune system. And there are dozens of peer-reviewed papers showing that these vaccines are damaging your innate immune system, damaging your T cells, damaging your natural killer cells. So you're becoming much more prone to developing cancer, autoimmune diseases, and other very serious infections. What these vaccines are doing are causing acquired immune deficiency. It's damaging your immune system, your God-given immune system, and making you codependent on more and more vaccines. And it will never end. And since these vaccines cause terrible side effects, it's a recipe for death. So in my opinion, all these semantics about fully vaccinated, you should not be vaccinating with a poison dev shot, end quote, Dr. Mm. Zelenko. Now, I also, if you go to my BitChute channel, folks, and if you go to um, our homepage for this podcast, the Vortex Apologetic Podcast, there's a link to my BitChute page. Go to the um, video that says, uh, I think it's titled something to the effect of um, mask are ineffective and harmful. Okay. And 
on that video, I have a link in the uh, description section to uh, over, it's like 150 different um, case studies when it comes to masks. And the basic, uh, out of those 150, this I have the article right here, more than 150 comparative studies and articles on mask ineffectiveness and harms. Mm. So nearly 90 different scientific studies have concluded that masks are ineffective against a coronavirus. Wow. 90 studies. Now, there's a multitude of studies on the other side, on the harm side. And one of those studies I was reading stated this, and you can go and read the article, and it'll also link you directly to the scientific studies if you want to look at those as well. One of the studies found that, and the masks that they examined right out of the box before anybody had ever worn them or done anything, over 100,000 bacteria, um, uh, colonies, right, were found on the mask. Over a hundred thousand different vac- bac- bacteria mm-hmm. colonies. Uh, they they wow. have another word in the middle of that. Uh, see if I can find it real quick. But um, that's heavy duty. They also found mold and mildew microscopically on the masks, and one a few of the masks was over one million different uh, bacteria on the mask that you're breathing in. Mm. And that's why people end up coughing and hacking and feeling bad. They're breathing this toxic garbage in uh, uh, through their mask. And so that's, that's, it's not good to have those masks on. They are very, very harmful to you. So there's something to to be, to just be aware of folks. Um, there are studies out there that tell you wearing a mask, like even in a sterile, um, sterile uh, condition, like a, like an operating room, surgeons swap their mask out every two hours because they know. But here's what it says. A mask, false safety and real dangers, part two, uh, microbial challenges for masks. So it's a, bacterial microbial colonies laboratory testing of used masks from 20 train commuters revealed that 11 of the 20 masks tested contained over 100,000 bacterial colonies molds and yeast were also found three of the masks contained more than 1 million bacterial colonies the outside surfaces of surgical masks were found to have had to have high levels of the following microbes, even in hospitals, more concentrated on the outside of the mask than in the environment. And I can't pronounce the medical terminology of these names, but just be aware um, it's a Petri dish of bacterial danger. So, yeah, go to my bitch page. I talk about it. And then uh, the better thing is to link to this article and then start linking to the actual studies and looking at them. That's good stuff. Good stuff. That is uh, a lot of good information. And and the reason being, bro, because, man, people do not research. People do not look things up. 
they just believe it because just like when you get a pastor that's preaching and well, we'll believe the pastor because he said so, you know, he's a pastor. Hmm. He's a scientist. Hmm. He's the doctor. Hmm. You know, this, uh, this, uh, we've been in so, uh, conditioned and indoctrinated to always believe the experts. Right. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with considering what an expert says. You want to, you don't want to just dismiss experts, of course, but experts disagree with each other. That's right. And that's the thing is that, you know, when experts are disagreeing with each other, you have to kind of discern that. Right. You know, and do your own research. And if something is obviously off, like mask wearing, I mean, anybody thinks that masks can stop a, a virus like a coronavirus um, mm. needs to go back to the fifth grade and start over and go through school again because they've forgotten everything they learned. Mm-hmm. Now, by the way, brother, um, <coughs> congratulations. Mm-hmm. I just want to oh. tell you, congrats. I just want to tell you, congratulations. Oh, oh. great. Thank you. I- You're welcome. Mm. I mean, congratulations I- on uh, the flu being uh, completely cured throughout all history. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I've been cured a few times. Well, yeah, but you should never have to get it again because the flu doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, you know what? They've obviously cured it. I'm waiting for the big announcement where they come out and tell us that they cured the flu. I don't know why they've delayed this long because, you know, the, the, it doesn't even exist anymore. Over the last right. two years, it hasn't existed. You know so what? I they actually must have cured it. I think so. Well, my reaction should have been flu. Flu? flu? How do you spell it? And what is it? <laughs> F-E, uh, right? F-L-E-W if you're talking about a bird. Oh, okay. <laughs> F-L-U if you're talking about that nasty thing that people get is getting all the time that they're calling COVID. <laughs> Man, I have forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah. It's not COVID, folks. It's oh. the flu. Just be aware it's the flu that you're getting pretty much the times that i and i mean you can you can even you know attest to this but the times we've gotten sick brother at least for me it's no different than the common colds and flus i had in the past right that's for upper respiratory infection that's covid this anything else the stomach problems and the aches and pains that's flu yeah Yeah. (laughs) there you go But I, I'm sorry, we're not supposed to call it flu anymore. It's no, no. I mean, we're, they changed the name to COVID. You, so. you know what's going to happen with this uh, when it gets uploaded to YouTube, right? It's going to have a stamp that's going to say this video or episode violates the CDC's. Uh, <laughs> well, you don't want the CDC. We're saying those things, right? You know what? The, the CDC has violated a bunch of stuff too, and I think uh, there's going to be a takedown of a bunch of people in the CDC. New, you know what Newt Gingrich recently said? What do you say? He the, in an interview. I had the, the sound bite, but I don't have it anymore. Um, he basically said um, that with all of the illegal things that the Democrats are doing right now, uh-huh. he says once the midterm elections are done, he thinks there's a whole bunch of Democrats are going to be going to jail. Whew. <laughs> there's a bunch of people that should be going to jail. <laughs> I think there's some people Man. in the CDC that are going to be going to jail. Oh yeah, and the uh, FDA. And should we just go down the list? <clears throat> absolutely. That's that would be crazy for sure. All right. What else you got for us? 
Might be some people at YouTube executive officers going to jail. I don't know. (laughs) They should. Yeah. So go ahead, ban us. We don't care. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Ban us all you do. Hey, talking about banning. Well, is it my turn or you still got more? Well, go for it, brother. Go for it. Yeah. We were just talking about uh, vaccine mandates on our last episode, right? Yeah. And uh, where a judge uh, shut down the Biden administration push for mandatory vaccines for big businesses, right? A hundred or more employees. Right. Well, guess somebody, what, needs brother? To, somebody needs to shut down the Biden administration. But go ahead. Well, slowly, <laughs> slowly they are. Uh, so it's the happened. Biden administration was dealt another blow on Friday, <clears throat> this past Friday, January the 21st. After a federal judge in Galveston, Texas, this is good old Texas, right? Our red yep. state out there. Don't uh, mess with Texas. <laughs> uh, no mess with Texas. <laughs> Blocked President Joe Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for federal employees. Woo. And it says here, Biden issued a mandate requiring approximately 3.5 million federal employees to get vaccinated by November 22nd. <clears throat> or phase disciplinary action or termination. Additionally, the mandate prohibits anyone from seeking medical or religious exemption. I mean, you believe that. But anyways, on Friday, however, U.S. District Judge Jeffrey Brown, thank you, Judge Brown, asserted if Biden could require millions of federal employees to undergo a medical procedure as a condition of their employment, that under the current state of the law, as just recently expressed by the Supreme Court, is a bridge too far. God bless that judge, but does anybody understand that this is a clinical trial? And it's gene therapy? Right. <laughs> Even the judge nope. said no. You better, you, better, you better get the jab, bro, yeah. or else, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know I, I said this in my channel. I said, look, I said, they show up in my door and say, you know, it's mandate. You need to take the jab. I'll say, okay, no problem. I'll say, I want to see the insert with all the ingredients on the vaccine. And I want full disclosure concerning the clinical trials and the emergency use authorization only. I want to know everything about the clinical trials. And I want to know everything about the ingredients inside the vaccine. By law, you're required to tell me all that stuff before you jab me. So you go right ahead. I'll stand here and listen. You know what I would do if I was that agent? Sorry, I got a call. I got to go now. Sorry to have bugged you, sir. Well, you have a wonderful day. then. Yeah, no. And that's the thing. People uh, sometimes don't know how to respond. Some people don't know that this information is out there. You can actually say, first of all, you can even ask me if I've been vaccinated. No, um, it's personal medical. Know, it's personal medical, exactly. And right. secondly, you know, this whole violation of what happened to choice, people having a choice to get vaccinated or not. Right. Boy, didn't that turn around on the left? My body, my choice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My, what happened to that? My body, my choice, right? Oh, oh. Only, only when you... When they, I would say that only applies if you're planning to uh, destroy an infant's life. How about that? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. If it's yeah. not your body, yeah. then it applies if you're yeah. a liberal. Right? Yeah. 
Is there a Charlie <laughs> Love? It is your body okay. and don't apply. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyways, that's a victory for uh, the federal employee. It's I see it. Although there's a lot of federal employees that are for the jab. But anyways, for those that. Uh, they can go get it. <laughs> exactly. Go get it. Oh, well, you know, let it leave us alone. The ones that don't want to get it. And we said, no, we're exactly. not going to get it. Thank you. So anyway, that's a, that's a victory. And I see it as a victory. So things are changing that is, for sure. You know, and um, I think it's, I don't think they're going to be able to overcome that. It's a district nah. court judge, federal district court. Right. Supreme court doesn't want to touch it with 10 football. And I just, I think they're going to refer it back to the just district court because Supreme court, they just won't take it and it'll stand. Right. 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 Not only that, you know, the, the government just is rolling out a plan to start uh, uh, the reentry process for a lot of these employees. Uh, by uh, I think March 30th. So it's like really. I, I, I said that they'd be begging the unvax to come back to work. They can't. There's not enough staffing. No. The UK. You know what the UK just did? Mm, what's that? They came out and said, uh, "We want the unvax to come back to work, please. We <laughs> we're, we're, we're dying here. We, we need you. Staffing. Come back." <laughs> I'm waiting for them when they start throwing in bonus checks. We're going to give you a bonus if you come back. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they, that might have it. Might they, you know? No, if you're a vaccine, you come back to work, we'll give you a $500 bonus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, moving right along. We were just talking about YouTube and their wretched, you know, cancellations of people and censorship. Anyways, bro, they're just, they're just doing what their globalist bosses are telling. I know, them. I know. So, YouTube has recently censored. Well, we've been censored right a few times with a few of our uh, episodes. It's a badge of honor. That's a badge yeah, of honor yeah, it's a badge of honor. But anyways, they have recently censored a Bible-based sermon, labeling it as hate speech because it isn't pro LGBTQ plus. Of course it is, because, you know, Jesus right. did a lot of hate speech, too. <laughs> this, is, this is a Jeopardy part for you. All right. Okay. okay Pastor blank of blank blank church. I'll give you this part. Los Angeles, California, preached a sermon Sunday about biblical sexuality, which, as CBN's Faith Wire reported, was part of an effort by pastors across North America to protest a new Canadian law that took effect January 8th after being pushed through Parliament with little debate. The concerns is that Canada's Bill C-4 is broadly worded and could, in effect, ban biblical teachings on sexual ethics and might even limit personal communications on the subject. Preachers are protesting the law at the pulpit with 4,000 pastors affirming their opposition as well as willingness to speak out against it, Fox News reported. According to Liberty Coalition Canada, the bill's wording is broad enough to allow for the criminal prosecution of Christians who would speak biblical truth into the lives of those in bondage to sexual sins like homosexuality and transgenderism. Standing in the pulpit on Sunday, drum roll, what pastor do you think it was? Oh, let me give you a drum roll. John MacArthur said, oh, good old John MacArthur. <laughs> there is no such thing as transgender. You are either XX or XY. That's it. God made man, male and female. That is determined genetically. That is physiology. That is science. That is reality. On the other hand, 
The reality of that lie and deception is so damaging, so destructive, so isolating, so corrupting that it needs to be confronted. But on the other hand, that confrontation can't exaggerate what already exists, which is a sense of feeling isolated in relationships, he said. But YouTube removed MacArthur's sermon from its platform and told conservative commentator Todd Starnes that MacArthur's video presentation was hate speech. Ooh, throwing in the hate word. Our team has viewed your content, and unfortunately, we think it violates our hate speech policy, YouTube said. According to Starnes, we've removed the following content from YouTube. There is no such thing as transgender. You are either XX or XY. That's it, Pastor John MacArthur. What says you, brother? They crucified Jesus for hate speech. Mm, the Pharisees, mm, mm, mm. yeah, the religious leaders of their day, you know, the the woke of their day, the CRT of their day. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they, they were so jealous, so envious of Jesus Christ because he spoke truth much better than they ever did. They didn't even speak truth, uh, that they murdered him for his words. Mm. You understand that, folks? That was in the mindset of the Pharisees. And they killed the Messiah, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, on the cross because of his words. Mm-hmm. Always remember that. Secondly, uh, the whole concept of, uh, what do they call it, brother, when they're talking about the gender? Um, oh, Dysphoria? No. Um, you know, when they're talking about it, it's not, it's not biological. It's, it's what people believe they are. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, um, I'm trying to think of the terminology. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a term on it, uh, binary, non-binary or gender. Well, that's, that's, those are more detailed. That's pronouns. More, well, yeah, that's more detailed. There's a, there's a more general word for the whole thing, an envelope, uh, an umbrella word for the whole thing of phrase. I can't remember what it was, but basically, the Apostle Paul calls it, out of Romans 1, a reprobate mind. Mm. And so it, what, what, the whole, uh, well, if you speak biblical truth, if you speak, say that it's male and female only, um, that's hate speech. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have, there's what, like 26 different genders they've made up now? Oh, yeah. You know, out of their... Out of their wicked imaginations, um, the Apostle Paul says that's a reprobate mind. Right out of Romans one, I'll, let me go back. <clears throat> no, you know this is hate speech. So here we go. I'm gonna oh, give yeah. you folks. I'll give you some fo- hate speech, folks, and entertain you with a little bit of hate speech. How's that? Um, I have no problem doing a little bit of hate speech because you know I hate evil. That's right. I hate sin. I hate the devil. I hate Satan. I hate lies, and I hate anything that would mock God and his creation. Hate, brother, really? But God is love, 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 love. Just filled with hate, you know. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the Apostle Paul was too, because listen to what he had to say. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. That's just hateful. Isn't that just hateful, brother? Mm, man. Just, so, just so hateful. It's just, because, ru- it's just ruining many days right now. <laughs> <laughs> because that which may 
be known of God is manifest to them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. The um, the sense of God that's within all of us, right? Mm-hmm. The sense of divinitatis, right? Right, sense of the divine. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful because they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was dark and professing themselves to be wise. They became fools, even with PhDs, they became fools, right? And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image like unto corruptible man. Uh, self-worship is part of that. But they, back in the old days, it was to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Uh, there was a statue of Moloch on Epstein's Island, by the way. Mm. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness, to the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, like gender choice, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. Well, the free will of man. Well, you know, we have our choice. Well, it's not how I was born biology, biologically. It's how I feel, yeah. right? Yeah. Serving yeah. the creature more than the creator. Self-worship, pride, arrogance. Anyway, the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever, amen, for this cause gave them up unto vile affections. Uh-oh, Ooh, mm-hmm. getting in trouble here, aren't we? Yeah, what's vile affections? Sexual uh, perversion, sexual devi- uh, being deviant in your sexual actions. Uh, for even their women did change the natural natural use well, that's hate speech. <laughs> Natural oh, yeah. use. Uh, oh, yeah. What does that mean? The, the design that God made from the beginning. God did not make anyone to be transgender or, any, or homosexual or, or lesbian or any, or any other th- uh, combination of thereof, whatever it, it might be. He made them male and female. Very simple. Now, if people don't like that, that's too bad. They can scream at him from the fires of hell all they want. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. It's against nature. It's, it's, it's you know, it, when you, what, what do our wives always tell us every time a box comes in that we have to assemble a couch or whatever it might be? Mm-hmm. Would you please read the instructions? Yeah. <laughs> Right. I don't need no instructions. I know how to put this thing together. I'm a man. And we end up messing it up, right? <laughs> <laughs> For this cause, gave God gave them up unto vile affections, right? So anyway, he says, and likewise also the men having the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, and they don't, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Mm. 
to do those things which are not convenient. Enough said. Nothing else to add to that is. Wow. Gender identity is a reprobate mind. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, Canada is facing, you know, uh, very, well, the church in Canada, I should say, the pastors in Canada are, are, are suffering persecution at the moment. And wow, uh, you know, that, that's something that's, that's. That means that means things are normal in Canada. I, right. That's that's so true. That's so that's true. What's, that's what happens with a, with a godly church. It suffers persecution. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's always going to suffer persecution. Yeah. Right. Right. So. So, anyways, good uh, good for our brother, uh, Pastor John MacArthur, that <laughs> it just tells it like it is, it's straight from the Word of God. And yep. Well, so what, YouTube? Are you going to censor the sermon? So what? It's still going to be shared. It's still going to be heard. It's still going to be uh, 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 impacting people's hearts. We don't need YouTube. We don't need Facebook. We don't need Twitter to get the word out. Nope. You know, any different go- avenues. You can't go through them. You go around them. You can't go around them. You go. You can't go around them. You go above them. If you can't go below above them, you go below them. You just go, and you find your path through them, around them, over them, under them, whatever it might be. And they cannot stop God's word going forward, no matter how hard they try. God crushes cabals like they're nothing. Absolutely. 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 Good stuff, bro. Hey, can you see my screen? I can. Screen All right. share. All right. Guess what time it is before we close. It is Grind the Brains Gears. Yeah, that's and, it. The people, <laughs> and the people go wild. All right, bro. Are you ready for this one? All right. Here we are. Oh, I don't know if you're going to handle this one. All right. I'm just going to play it for you. And uh, yeah, it's going to speak for itself. (laughs) Okay. You're going to say, where did you find these things? All right. This is Pastor Mike Todd, right on the left. The gentleman with the light tan. Kind of of plaid coat on. Plaid coat on, right. Mm -hmm. His left hand on the other gentleman with the hoodie. Right. All right. Here we go. There it goes. Are they supposed to be praying or what? What are they doing? Okay, his eyes came okay. when the okay. other guy. You missed that. Oh. You missed that. Okay, let me go back again. Let me try it again. Watch what he does. I mean, it's not very clear, but watch what he does. It's like a magic trick. What is this? <laughs> well, hear, hear the sound. Okay, you got to okay. hear the sound a little bit. Right, here we go. There's no sound, brother. Oh, there's no sound. Okay, not on my end. Oh, not on your end. Okay. No. Uh, sorry about that. Let me try. Oh, hold on. I know why. Let me go here. Our technical director, ladies and gentlemen, is trying to fix our technical problem. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm trying to. Huh. Thought I had it set up for. Okay. Well, t- tell me what, what sound does he make? All right. Anyways, he, <laughs> I like to put it. The man spits the man and rubs it all over. Spits the- a logi into his hand. Well, he does. Oh, you can't on. hear it, but at least you'll see the action. So what he did, he spit into his hand. 
Got it. Got it. Oh, I see. I saw it. I saw, saw it. it? I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Yep. And this is where most people would not face Jesus anymore. What most people would do is turn away. Right. Right. <clears throat> he coughs. So this uh, is a, this more is, in his hands. This is a play on Jesus when he made new new spit to make. He said, "What I'm telling you, and rub and put in put in the guy's eye and heal him." Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, this is this is ridiculous. As he's physically standing there, knowing what's coming, is it? Uh, he does know what's coming. I got. I wasn't running. The other guy's clueless. <laughs> yeah. I turn around and sock him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I mean, you got that, right? I, I won't yeah, show you yeah. the rest because, uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't even want to see it. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, you got the gist of that, right? So, yeah, anyways, yeah. that gentleman there is Pastor Todd, uh, Mike Todd. <laughs> All right. And right. this guy. So, popular pastor Mike Todd of Transformation Church in Bixby, Oklahoma, drew the wrath of the Internet and became a trending topic on Twitter as a clip from his message on Vision Sunday showed him wiping globs of spit on a congregate's face, even as the coronavirus pandemic rages. Before... I didn't think about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Before <laughs> the demonstration, Todd detailed that as he was preparing his message for the sermon this week, God used the words of late singer Johnny Nash's song, I Can See Clearly Now, to inspire him. Johnny Nash. I only know Johnny and, and, Cash. And, and, but, yeah. yeah. I, I do know that song. Can you see okay. clearly now? It's, it's okay. actually a good song. Oh, okay. But, All right. You know the song. Well, you heard it. Yeah. Oh, good. It's, it's it's, an old, it's I'm an grinding old your gear. So. Song. Yeah. Anyway. Uh huh. Yeah. That. That's. That. Oh, brother. Does it say the purpose for him doing that? There we go. Todd told congregants, "I began to listen to those words, and God said, Michael, the past two years have been like raining over people's lives. Okay. And He said they need to prophetically declare that. I can see clearly now that the rain is gone." He continues, some of you all all have some of you all have had friends that you didn't see who they really were. You were befriended obstacles. You were not able to see clearly because of the damage, the frustration, the hurt, the pain, the trauma. But now God's saying you can see clearly all the obstacles. He referenced, he referenced the Bible verse, Mark 8:23, which says. I'll read it for context. Mark 8, 23. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? Which highlights the story of Jesus healing a blind man at Bethsaida by spitting into his eyes privately. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. He had, when he had spit on that man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? The scripture states, Todd highlighted how Jesus chose wisely not to embarrass the blind man by spitting in his eye publicly. He leads him. Watch how good God is, Todd said. He doesn't embarrass this man because he doesn't spit on him in front of everybody. 
he takes him out. You thought when God separated you, it was a punishment, but it was really protection. The reason he took him out of the village was because the work that he was about to do, others will misinterpret it. So he had to get him outside of what was comfortable. He wasn't going to not spit on him. He continued. He just didn't do it in front of everybody because he didn't want their reputation or his reputation to be tarnished by what he had to go through to receive the miracle. <laughs> Todd asked an identifying an identified male standing on the next on the stage next to him with his eyes closed. The pastor acts contrary to the wisdom he said Jesus demonstrated and turned the unidentified congregant into a, a spectacle. The congregant had been identified as Todd's younger brother. He, <laughs> he asked the man if he was good. Todd then hawked a loogie from his throat and spat in his hand as an audible cringe erupted from the congregation. Then he hawked a second loogie and told the congregations to watch. He can't see, but he can hear, he said. And this is the moment where many of us are in because God is doing something and we hear him changing. We hear him even in your prayer. And in this time, he's changing something. You don't see it clearly yet, but you hear it, added Todd. And this is where most people would not face Jesus anymore. What most people would do in is turn away. What I'm telling you, just as he's physically standing here knowing what's coming, God's saying, can you physically, spiritually, and emotionally be able to stand when getting the vision and receiving it might get nasty? That's when he decides to grab his hand and rub that miracle loogie on that gentleman's face. I think I would have come up with a different illustration. <laughs> oh, my That's, goodness. <laughs> that is, uh, wow. <laughs> and he brother, been, brother he what been, would be like the reaction? Not, not only just the fact that he spit in his head. It's it's <laughs> typical. It's unfortunately it's typical of today's preachers that are um, not well versed in the scriptures. Right, right. Um, didn't Jesus rub it with dirt, mm-hmm. spit, yeah. and make make mud? That's right. Okay, if if you asked, if you walked up to that preacher, that Todd, what's his name? Uh, said, okay. Yeah. Whatever his name is. So what, <laughs> Michael, what was, Michael Todd. So what was the spiritual meaning behind Jesus rubbing his spit into the into the dirt? What was why? Why did he do it that way? What was the purpose of it? You think he'd have even a clue as to why Jesus did it that way? Mm-mm. I don't think so either. Nope. Dirt represents man. We're made from the dust of the earth. Mm-hmm. That's the right. The right. spit were, represents the Holy Spirit of God. Because it it was God Almighty that spit into the dirt. Mm. The rubbing into the eyes, the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to the truth, just as that man's eyes physically were opened by the by the uh, the fluid of the word of, of of Jesus Christ. Remember, it says that the word of God is a two-edged sword. It's from yeah. the mouth, it's from the words of God, it's from the well, where, where did that come from? It came from his mouth. It represents the word of God entering the dirt. We are dust. We are dirt until God enters into us. That's right. So that that part of Christ 
entered into that dirt, made the mud. He put it on the, the guy's eyes. And it was a picture of once I was blind, now I see. Amen. But they would now could he have preached that sermon? Yeah. But he would, would he have even known to preach it? Probably not. No. I'm not even a preacher and I know that. <laughs> not only that, bro. Pastor Michael Todd, you're not Jesus. You're not. Hello. Amen. Why would you even That's do that? Right. Physically. Exactly. It's, you're not Jesus, bro. Sorry. There's right. the, the, <laughs> if you wanted to demonstrate that when things get hard, you need to not run, but to stand, mm. which is really, it seems like that's what he's trying to say. Um, you know, when you have to face Jesus, you know, face him. Uh, there's a lot of other ways he could have demonstrated that. <laughs> that, that, was, that was really poor. But that yeah. is so typical. Yeah. It is so typical of the nonsense that we see today. Yeah. Nope. The it great thinkers. Crazy. It's unfortunate that the great thinkers are mostly dead now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, John MacArthur. Mm-hmm. John MacArthur is one of the last ones left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, you got uh, up in uh, Moscow, Idaho. What's his name? Um, you know who I'm talking about. Um, I can't think of his name. Uh, um, Man, my, my my mind is just losing names and stuff tonight. But anyway, Doug Wilson. Oh, Doug Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, n- yeah. Another great thinker. No, R.C. Sproul, bless his heart. Yeah. I miss that man so much. He uh, he was phenomenal. We got yeah. some, we got some good ones, though, that are still around and going to be around for us. Steve Lawson. He's good. Yeah, Phil, really good. Phil Johnson. Yep, Phil Johnson. You know, How about Bo- Joe Bruno? Bodie Bauckham. Bodie Bauckham. Knocking it out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, over in over in Ireland, uh, Scotland area, there's some great preachers too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, got some good ones yeah. out there too. Yeah. So, so that's the uh, grinding of your gears, brother. I'm sorry, bro. I mean, <laughs> you I, keep I, I'm just my, gonna be a doozy. You keep grinding my gears like that, my transmission's going to fail. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm about to replace my flywheel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I, I'm, I'm speechless most of the time, bro. Before I even share them with you or grind your gears, I, I sit there. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, what? No way. <laughs> right. Right. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, it, it just is, it just beyond me. You know, the people don't understand. Well, you know, it shouldn't be beyond me. Only a believer can understand the spiritual meaning of these passages. Right. Only someone who God has illuminated their mind to those passages can understand them. But other people try to understand them without first having a relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. and they get it all messed up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, we yeah, good stuff today, bro. Like I said, we had a lot of stuff to talk about, so definitely. Uh, we'll have more next week. Most definitely. Most definitely. Other than that, brother. If you got nothing else, why don't you close this out? You might want right, to hey, you might want to spit on your hand though. Just saying. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. 
uh, what is it, 100,000 uh, bacterial microbial? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. if the mask was bad, how much was in that spit? But uh, anyway, no, no, man, but two shots into the head, man. <laughs> So anyway, okay, we're, we're, uh, that's enough of grossing our audience. Yeah, that, yeah that's bad. That's yeah. bad. <laughs> so anyway, folks, we thank you for joining us once again. And uh, there's my wife calling, so I better close it out. Remember, folks, keep your mind sharp and your heart pure. We'll see you next podcast. And we'll catch you on the flip side. You have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for tuning in to listen the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. It's a blessing to have you. We hope that you continue to enjoy the future episodes and to tune in and share away with others that might be interested. Uh, I wanted to thank our families for supporting us, especially our wives that uh, they put up with us. They allow us to have time to study and spend time uh, in the Word of God and uh, in return they help us as well and they keep us accountable. It's a blessing to have them in our lives. We want to especially thank them. I uh, also want to just thank uh, our church, uh, friends, and uh, the men's study that we have that we continue to encourage, be encouraged about. I uh, want to thank all these people because they support us and pray for us, and uh, it's a blessing to have them in our life. Other than that, I hope you continue to enjoy the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Uh, we will talk to you soon. More episodes to come your way. Other than that, I'm out. We're out. God bless you. 